then there might is. <laughs> I'm dreaming. It, it started British, but it became pirate somewhere. Right, I'm very confused. <laughs> but I'm, I'm crazy. What was that? I don't know. And what's yours? You got a lot to, to live up to now. <laughs> it's got to be good. Ooh, I'm Olivia. <laughs> that's not an accent. That's, that's a ghost? A, that's a Listen, ghost. Listen, yours was a pirate, yours was a vampire, mine gets to be a ghost. That was a vampire? I, I, it was something. Okay, I don't sure, really know. Sure, That's usually how Casey accents usually go. Okay. Well, Jackson Cloud, today we uh, continue the story of Joseph, which is pretty much getting wrapped up. In fact, our entire series on Genesis is almost wrapped up. But we have a question to ask here then. There's a statement, one of which I, I mostly hate, uh, that goes, everything happens for a reason. Now, when we look at Joseph's story, it's hard to not feel a certain kind of agreement with that statement, right? I mean, he was given a dream. One day, your brothers will bow before you. That happened. But the way in which we got to it was he was thrown into a pit and then sold to the Egyptians, causing what happened to happen. In fact, he was thrown in prison after being framed, which caused what happened to happen (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's a lot of hard stuff that happens in here where we want to be like, well, God didn't cause that to happen. Uh, Everything doesn't happen for a reason. But then, did it? (laughs) So that's that's part of the question on the table. Part of what the Bible is going to address, too. But before we get into it, initial thoughts. Casey's ready to go. So for me, it's definitely like, if he wouldn't have told his brothers about his dream... Would he have then got thrown into the pit and started this whole thing? And then since he did tell his brothers and that did cause it to happen, did God cause him to tell his brothers to happen? And was Pharaoh even kind of, or Pharaoh, was Joseph even kind of annoying about it? (laughs) Because God was feeding his pride so much so that he would be annoying about it. I don't know. Olivia, thoughts? What came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't think everything happens for a reason. I agree. I think that prophetic moments happen in the church. And that the prophecy coming true doesn't mean that it was supposed to happen, but that God can see all of what happens. And... sometimes gives us a glimpse of what is coming for reasons that he has. (laughs) I'm choosing my words very carefully. So there's like... So would you say in Doctor Who theory that there is like distinct points that are set in stone and will always happen? No. Okay. What if God set us a point up? What? <laughs> what if God makes in a, biblical well, theory? <laughs> what if God makes a point that is unchangeable and will always happen? Okay, so this is like I know it's biblical with Doctor Borderline Who. predestination, like that is not how free will works. <laughs> All right, things happen because. 
the people on this earth have free will and choose to do things. And God will come in and say, hey, this thing happened. Let's make these things come out of it. That way, the situation isn't a waste. <laughs> like, that's a terrible way to put no, it. No, no, no. But I like, know what you're doing. There. So, like, so another for another example, in the What If series, like Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. You know his girlfriend. Always, spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, you can't. You can't spoil. What if? Not enough people have seen it yet. It's only been out for a couple weeks. Have you not seen it yet? No, I've seen it, but like you can't. You can't say it online. We'll get canceled, Casey. You Watch your make mouth, Casey. The six viewers that we have very <laughs> upset. But that one's been out long enough. Like no, no, you can't. You can't. Olivia has spoken. But it's it's the the beginning. Like it's already happened. It's not actually a spoiler. You, you can't you can't spoil something that hasn't been out more than 2 months. <laughs> You're making up these rules. No, that's a fair point. Okay, so I'm with you guys here. Are you? Because it seems like Casey and I are on different sides. Yeah, it's true. So... And I am with you guys. <laughs> so you're half of both? A little bit. A little bit. And this is, this is a struggle for me. So first off, I completely agree with Olivia that everything does not happen for a reason. And here's one of the things that I often see confused in a lot of people's stories. And I often use like some like really dense atrocities. So like someone, I've seen this happen several times where someone has been raped and then they have recovered from it and out of their recovery, they have now helped many other people who have been raped by sharing their own story. And then what they end up saying eventually is God let that or made that happen to me so that I could do this. And for me, I'm like, no, no, that's not good theology. That is not how, how God works. Instead, and I've written about this in about three different books now. If you would like these chapters to dive deeper in all the passages behind it, join our Discord. I'll give you the PDFs for free or the audiobooks, and you can just go through it. We won't cover it immensely here. But uh, instead, I think what often happens is what Olivia said. We were made to be good, right? God saw us, and we were very good. We were made to be good. We were meant to image God into the world. We were meant to take care of it. But instead, we gave ourselves to something lesser than God, and we often bring in chaos instead of order. We often bring in imaging Satan. We often bring in evil. And when we do that, bad things happen to people. But there is nothing so bad that God can't bring about a redeeming situation from it. There have been many horrible things that have happened uh, but God is just so good that he can always bring about a redemptive or good moment from even a bad situation. That is not to say that God caused a bad situation, but God is very powerful in the good that he can do, even in the midst of, of evil. Um, so, that does, so, just making sure I clarified that well. I'm saying I also don't think everything happens for a reason that people often mistake good things coming out of bad as though God caused the bad so that the good things could come. People mistake that sometimes. But right. the, uh, the, answer, the, the question to that then becomes, 
So God allows the bad things to happen, though. Mm. No. Go on. Free will. (laughs) God allows us to have free will, which is an immense gift. People abuse that free will. So he still allows the bad things to happen. No. God allows free will. People abuse free will. God does not give us this gift going, some people are going to abuse it. But they, well, okay, maybe he does say, some people are going to abuse it, but you still deserve to have this gift. Like, we as humanity have this gift. (laughs) Well, okay, so hopping off of what she's talking about. (laughs) Thank you, because I'm just going to repeat the same three words over and over again. Look, so first off, this is always a dense conversation, and oftentimes it just becomes, no, free will, no, predestination. And that doesn't help anyone. Like, we need the passages to help us think of it. So I, I like to think of the spiritual realm in this case. Well, okay, first off, the reason I named my last book God's Grand Framework was to say that God has created a framework in which he allows existence to work. And people's rebuttals often when they don't like what's happening is, why wouldn't God stop this? Why is God allowing this? Why is this, 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 this? And my answer to that, that I, for me, I think is a solid answer. (laughs) My answer for that is God created the world a certain way. Stop wanting a fantasy world that doesn't exist and stop thinking like, no, God, you messed up when you created the world and like, like it's, it's not okay what you've done. No, like God made it with a certain framework. One of the frameworks that he put in place, as Olivia was saying, is he gave humanity dominion and he put upon them like power and authority. And just because people misuse power and authority does not mean God kills you. Otherwise, we would not be sitting at this table. We would all be dead. Everyone we know would be dead because everyone at some point has misused their power and authority. Think of it in the spiritual realm, right? The way that the Bible paints the spiritual realm is there are uh, heavenly beings and there are uh, even beings that have been put in charge of nations. So these are like the false gods of the Bible, right? Daniel talks about the prince of Persia, that's a spiritual being. The prince of Greece, that's a spiritual being reigning over countries. But they're, they're opposed to God. They're fighting God. Why doesn't God just kill the false gods? From what it seems is even in the spiritual realm, he respects the framework in which he's created, which is, I put you, you immortal beings in charge of nations. I gave you the power and authority. I deposited it into you and you have misused it. And for that reason, judgment is coming. You will be sent into the lake of fire at the end of all things. But for now, within this framework, you still have that power and authority and you're misusing it. Now, that's not always the case. The Bible talks of other spiritual beings that have received different kinds of judgments and whatnot. But um, just because someone is evil or does something bad does not mean that God just wipes them out. Same would even be true with humanity. There are humans that meet judgment throughout the Bible where they are wiped out, but they're still technically entities, right? They're alive. They're within the spiritual realm now because God deals with them in the lake of fire at the end of all things as well. 
So, my point in that weird <laughs> direction I just took it is, what is the framework in which God has created? Okay, it is that he allows us to have power and authority and use it as we will. It's not that he won't step in, but it is within his framework that he does not control every last moment of free will that people do. And will sometimes out of grace suffer much evil until he takes care of it himself. And so you'll see stories throughout the Bible where God does take care of it. Pharaoh, he judges Pharaoh. Pharaoh, you're going to die. King Ahab, he judges King Ahab. Ahab, you're going to die. You know, like there are these moments where he, he does step in, but even those are, are more among the rarities than like commonplace. So doesn't that, so continuing to play devil's advocate for fun. <laughs> so <clears throat> doesn't that like seem to contradict the idea of him being omnipowerful and omnipresent and all-knowing? No, because the framework in which he has set up how he exercises that is that he doesn't exercise that to like the full omnipowerful extent. As he created humans, gave them power and authority, lets them make decisions on his behalf because they are the image of God. They're supposed to image him. So when they don't, that's not necessarily like God doesn't use his omnipower. Often it's out of his grace that he doesn't exercise his omnipower, but allows them. So what I'm saying is it's not that he doesn't have it. It's that within his framework, he's decided that he doesn't exercise it at every last turn. So it's not yet. Yeah. Well, because that's, that's what the resurrection is, right? The resurrection is the full weight of omnipotence, omnipower, right? That is when nobody gets a choice anymore. <laughs> like, nobody gets to, like, like, it's not that you don't have free will, but, like, anyone who has not given their free will over to Jesus to be brought into the resurrection of a free will conformed to the character of Jesus, anyone who's not going that far, God's omnipotence is everybody else is, is gone. So what you're saying is, like, schoolwork, that's the final grade. Sure. My analogy. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to relate it to something that everyone has a grasp. Don't love of. that the lake of fire. Are the people who flunked out of class. <laughs> Within your analogy here, but like, is that not omnipotence? It's not that God doesn't have it. And it's not that God ultimately won't exercise it. But it is that within the framework of this age as it is, and that's what everyone always wants. They want a different age, which is to come, right? But the Bible talks about this particular age in which death and evil and sin are still present. Within this age, there are flawed human beings using their image of God-granted power and authority, dominion over the earth in incorrect ways. Not that he doesn't have omnipotence, but within this age, that's the storyline. And it's still in our, our hands to like try to tell a better story. So before we continue, anything on all that? Obviously, these are dense conversations. It's hard to say it all in five minutes in an episode. Um, but now I'm, gonna, I'm going to mess up everything that I've said, okay? Because okay. that's, that's, that's our passage today. These are the passages that play with you. So I just agreed with 
I was gonna. I almost called you Free Livia. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Free Livia, with Will. <laughs> I agree with. But will you though? Free Will, will with Olivia. <laughs> but I also believe that God is omnipotent, and if He wants to set in place things that are going to happen, that's often what prophecy is: is that something concretely is put so. The next age to come, we don't get around that. That is your Doctor Who set point. Set point. Like that is coming no matter what. There is still free will. God wants all to be saved, and yet some won't because they won't give their hearts to Him. Uh, so, right there is an example of free will in the Bible. Uh, all the way into Revelation, where the gospel is preached over and over again, but people won't receive it anymore. That right there is free will. If God, I want you to be saved, but they're not. But that set point is coming regardless, within God's own time, which only he knows. Right. <clears throat> um, but Joseph, when he looks back at everything that he's been through and he looks at his brothers, he messes with everything that I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it, it fits in, though, so that's why I said it in the first place. Um, but here's what Joseph Joseph says, Joseph says a thing right here where Joseph says it in front of me, somewhere in front of my eyes right now. <laughs> Do you not know which person why, why are none of you commenting on my attempt to... <laughs> I mean, you're filling in time, which I mean... Is I great. am filling She's in time. Where's the, where's the what, first? What are you looking for? Jacob's fan. Oh, wait, wait. They're reunited. Okay. And it feels so good. No, and... still out of context using that song. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Father's occupation. Is. Well, let's take a break and listen to that song because clearly I don't know where my passage is. Um, um, Didn't you write this down? No. <laughs> no, because it was just the next thing that I had to read, and I must have scrolled away from it. Oh, that's embarrassing. Okay. All right. Okay. Y'all ready for this? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh-huh. <gasps> I found it. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> here's what Joseph says. Joseph says, <laughs> okay, all right, okay. I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus so your son Joseph. And he goes on from there. A father to Pharaoh? Yeah, I'm not sure what that meant. I don't have time to get into it. Okay. But Joseph's own interpretation of his own suffering and everything that has happened is very different <laughs> from what I just said, right? In Joseph's case, 
he seems to believe that he was sold into slavery by his brothers for a reason that God had set up so that he could ultimately bring about some, some good in the ways in which he did. Yes. I have the answer. Good. To Do why it. this disagrees with our agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This is Joseph's interpretation, not God's. Okay. So this could be one way in which you could take it. Well, so I think the way that you're, you're trying to explain it is like God set up for the, for the framework from his perspective. Mm. But from Joseph's perspective, he did everything that he was doing to try to follow God. And it happened to lead down this road. And so while following God, while looking toward God and chasing him, this is the events that happened. Yeah. So, so it could be two, two perspectives. One, like overseeing the design of the framework, and one being within the framework can see it a different perspective. So to both of you, I can agree. <laughs> <laughs> On Olivia's side, there are times... Well, honestly, much of the Old Testament just tells you the story point blank as it was. Mm -hmm. And people read in all kinds of interpretations that are incorrect. So Jephthah said, I'm going to go home. Whatever greets me at the door, I will sacrifice to God as a victory for what has happened. He's probably thinking a pet. But when he gets home, his daughter is at the door. And so he sacrifices his daughter. Now, it just tells you the story. So plenty of people will read that story and be like, wow, what a great sacrifice he had to make to God. <laughs> and the Bible doesn't like inform you in that moment like the lesson that you should have learned. Because the lesson, if you read the whole Bible, is God thinks that sacrificing your children is an abomination and you are not to do that. You know. So like from a wider perspective, we know, no, Jephthah, you idiot. <laughs> like God is not more concerned with your promise than, than he is people. with your daughter. Like don't. Do that. He is angry that you sacrificed your daughter to him. You know, uh, so that's that's an example where the story was just told point blank, and it did not say. And this was evil. It just told you the story. However, I struggle a little bit with the. Li- and just so you know, I came to your interpretation as well. At first, I was like, well, maybe Joseph is just doing what all those people I know who like have been raped and are like, God causes it to happen because of this reason. And they're just trying to interpret something good out of it. And maybe Joseph is doing that here. Um, and again, I don't think people are raped for any God reason at all. That is the work of the enemy. But this doesn't seem to me to be like, I don't know, something where we could just say, well, maybe it's just that's his interpretation and the Bible doesn't care to communicate that. Only because we could technically use that anywhere if we applied it here, right? Well, Joseph thought that way, but technically. Well, Jesus thought that way, but technically, like, that becomes too broad of... Of strokes. Of a stroke when the Bible explicitly is trying to communicate the theme. It's not that it couldn't be. I just don't know that I could convince myself. But you do you. (laughs) But I did have the same initial thought. I was trying to think, like, could I could I read it that way? Uh, and you said your thought on that was... Was Joseph had his perspective, mm. which is probably what helps him sleep better at night. Like, 
Well, so that might even be the same with some people who have been traumatized, right? Like maybe their perspective has come about because it possibly helps them cope with what has happened. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, maybe Joseph has his own perspective. One of the other things I thought was like God gave him the dream he would become Pharaoh. Could God have foreseen like 20 different ways in which he could have made that happen? Mm -hmm. And this just happens to be the one that happened. Maybe. I see that with Jesus, honestly. Jesus goes into towns. He prays for people. They get healed. And he says, shut up about it. Don't tell anyone. And then they go and tell someone. And then the whole city finds out that the blind guy is healed. Who did it? Jesus. Let's go flock to him. Everyone surrounds Jesus. Now Jesus has to leave the city. Jesus is God in flesh. God in flesh's plan was for someone to shut up about a miracle so that he could stay and do ministry longer. God did not get the plan that he wanted. And so he had to go to another town that God also wanted him to go to. So like that to me is an example of God working within free will, but also plotting out the destination. The cross is still ahead of him. That mm -hmm. is a fixed point. A fixed point. But some of the story along the way to the fixed point does have maybe fluctuations within free will along the so way. So what you're saying is it's wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Listen, he went this long without saying it. You should be proud of him. <laughs> we should just do a montage in the next episode of every time Casey has used that expression in the last 200 episodes. Um, Come on. I went Doctor Who like fixed point. I was going to bring up the other part of Doctor <laughs> Who because... I'm honestly surprised it took you this long to say it. I was waiting for a good spot where like he was legit doing hand motions. And I was waiting for But it. he did the wrong hand motion. It's supposed to be the... I know, but... Close enough for Jamin, who hasn't seen the show. It's true. So you guys have offered some good interpretations, and those are routes that we could go, and I'm sure there are routes that have been proposed. Here's the route that I'm going to give, uh, or the one that I think makes the most sense to me in light of this. Everything does not happen for a reason. When I say that, I mean God has not set up every single thing that happens in all of creation to all of us, and it has all been set up for a very explicit reason, okay? You do not wake up late for work because God destined that to happen, nor did I just say that statement because God, like thousands of years ago, said at 418 on October 7th, Jamin would say this statement. You like, just told them which day we filmed. <laughs> I, that, that doesn't strike me as uh, reasonable with the kind of free will but also plotting that God puts all together uh, all throughout the Bible. What makes sense to me here is that there are times when God does call people into suffering for the good of others. It's not every time, but there are times. Uh, and ultimately, is not the New Testament like the biggest story of all that? First off with Jesus— was Jesus not called into suffering for the sake of others? Did God say that this particular thing does have to happen for a reason, even though it's a atrocious thing and it's going to suck and it's you, you even, even I in flesh don't want this? God praying to God, <laughs> like, if there's any other way we can go about this, can we do that? Uh, no, the cross is what we have to go. Paul, Paul needs to go to jail and he runs into to a church who... Through the Holy Spirit, the church tells Paul, Paul, suffering is ahead of you. The Holy Spirit is telling us this prophetic word, like suffering is ahead of you. 
you're going to end up in jail. Paul's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, but for them, they're thinking, no, the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you, don't go to jail. Paul's like, no, the Holy Spirit's been telling me for months now, I need to go to jail. Like, this is the suffering that I'm being called into. He then goes to another church who pretty much says the same thing. He then ends up in front of the prophet Agabus who pulls out a belt, wraps it around his arms and legs and says, if you go to Jerusalem, this is what will happen to you. And Paul's like, I know. <laughs> and then everybody in the room is crying like, Paul, don't go. And he's like, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? Do you not know that God is telling me to do this? So like, that's an example right there of how we always feel about, about suffering. No, Paul, don't go. The Holy Spirit told us this is going to happen. Paul's like, yes, the Holy Spirit told me it's going to happen too. I'm supposed to go. Same Holy Spirit, same exact prophetic word, two different interpretations. interpretations. Biblically, two biblical different interpretations in which one is interpreting their experience incorrectly, kind of as Olivia was saying earlier, uh, whereas Paul is interpreting his correctly. He then ends up in jail because he goes, right? But it was a suffering he knew he was called into. The rest of the New Testament is literally suffering after suffering. Christians, you will die if you follow Jesus. Stay faithful the whole way. You are being called into suffering. So, yeah. Do I think... So, no. <laughs> so, yeah, no. <laughs> and do that's how you know we're from... The Midwest. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Do I think every last thing happens for a reason? No, I do not. Do I think that sometimes bad things happen and, and there are things that God has called us into as his people to embrace for the sake of a greater good? Yes. And because Joseph here looks at his life and says, I was called into this story of suffering by God for a greater good... This happens to be one of those stories where it did happen for a reason. So how do you know that while the thing is happening? And that's a good question. Do you think Joseph knew? No. When did he find out? At the end. Yeah, that seems reasonable to me, right? Now here he is in front of his brothers. He realizes, I went to prison. I was pulled out of it. I met Pharaoh. I was put in charge of everything. Life was really, really bad for a while. Now it's really, really good. And, and I looked at my brothers and instantly remembered that dream I had a long time ago and realized none of this was an accident. Right? Like, he's put together early life with late life in a prophetic word that was given a long time ago, and he sees the, the full circle. So for Joseph, he had a proof. Yes, this has happened for a reason. Or at least... This was always going to happen. It was a fixed point. And the way in which it happened was this. So God, God was behind the working of getting me to this point. Right? We could still maybe fit in that route. Fixed point with variables along the way that God was working. Anyways, that may not be like the most comforting scenario for a lot of people. Because then it's like, well then... The stuff that happened to me, was that God or was it not? I would say, as a general rule, the answer is probably not God. <laughs> uh, but I would also say there are times where we are called into suffering. And out of that comes 
goodness. So here comes the part where you tell me, have I just completely ruined my entire argument or are we good with wishy-washy, timely, winebly? That's close enough. I'll take it. <laughs> this, this is often me. Free will, predestination. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm always usually like, I see both ends. I would say uh, you, you're pretty close to the corn pots principle, so I'm okay with it. I don't, don't know. Don't what ask that means. him. Don't do it. Oh, okay, here we go. Um, but I also think <laughs> that it's okay to not have a hard stance on something. I know today everyone is like, well, do you believe in this or this? Well, I believe somewhere in here. And it's just very unpopular to believe somewhere in here. And it's okay to believe somewhere in here. I'm with that. I mean, I'm, I'm tired of, you're either a Methodist or Calvinist, free will or, or predestination. predestination, and you are going to fight to the death until you figure it out. The more that I just read the Bible, I'm like, it's free will. The more that I read the Bible, I'm like, God is sovereign. <laughs> you know, like, and the more that I read the Bible, I'm like, these are not two sides of the coin. These are this same side. You just need to look at it. The way that Rob Bell explained it a long time ago that I, I like the best. I'm ending here before anyone's like, oh, he's still going. <laughs> no, it's not a good show. Where's a pen? Someone give me a pen. I guess I don't like have to show it. But. I, well, ah, I better... Here's my Lego Gandalf, and here's his his staff. His staff. Two D world, right? Sure. In two D world, from the X axis, in two D world, this is a line. It's a okay. straight line. You're in two yeah. D world. You look at it. It's a straight line, right? Yep. In 2D world, if I do this, everyone looks at it, and what do they see? A dot. They see a circle. It's just a circle. Because they're only looking at straight on, right? So imagine people on axis X and people on axis Y arguing with each other about this staff. <laughs> Where one's like, it's a line. Like, you idiot. It's a dot. <laughs> it's clearly a circle. How can you possibly see a line? No. No, it's it's definitely a line. You're an idiot. You know, like he's just back and forth. Whereas Jamin in 3D World's like, you're all idiots. <laughs> it's 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 this Gandalf staff, you know? No no one can see that in 2D world. And I think that's kind of a good example of so many of the debates people have over biblical doctrine is no, it's it's not a line, it's a circle and a line, and it's something else entirely. So with that being said, do not go home thinking everything happens for a reason, but also don't think that life, that God won't call you into hard things. Is that fair? Is that a fair kind yeah, of wrap-up? Sure. Okay. Let's go All with right. that. Olivia, wrap us up. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe down below. And see if you can beat me to be the first comment. Or join us on the Discord. That too. And if you go there, again... I've got some chapters you can read from some of my books uh, on the very topics we talked about today. See you then.
Can you guys hear when Jamin gets so passionate waving his arms around while he's speaking that the chair just starts squeaking like crazy? Or can you not hear that on the camera? Because I, I find it's really funny. I couldn't hear it over my stomach gurgling the whole way.